The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, holidays are right here or right around the corner, depending upon what you celebrate. (laughs) Happy Hanukkah and upcoming Merry Christmas. And then, of course, we have New Year's, the dreaded New Year's, because this is the time that you start looking around and thinking, huh, I wish I had a honey. We need a honey for the holidays. Well, today's show will help you with this problem. (laughs) All of a sudden, you know, it's so amazing. People sort of pick up their heads from their workaholism and realize uh, how nice it would be to really have somebody special, you know, to go to all of those holiday parties. And, um, of course, New Year's Eve, you have to have somebody special for New Year's Eve. So this is kind of panic time. But never fear, because I have the perfect guest for you. Today's show is mistletoeandmatch.com. And it's called that because my expert is Julie Spira. She is the cyber dating expert, and she's the author of the best-selling book, The Perils of Cyber Dating, Confessions of a Hopeful Hopeful Romantic, Looking for Love Online. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here. Um, Well, let's start with, (laughs) you have, uh, and of course we're going to be giving out your website and telling people where to buy the book and so on at the end. But let's just, you are the dating, cyber dating expert. Um, You've been doing this for 15 years and you have had amazing, amazing experiences that you share in your book and in your coaching and so on. So let's start with how, how, where this idea came from, how you decided to become the cyber dating expert. I think I think I received that title by default, and and suddenly it became a worldwide, excuse me, a phenomenon. Um, when I went online originally in 1994, I, my heart got broken by a guy, and I knew a lot about the internet, so I signed up for one of the early sites, which was Love at AOL, and I thought immediately I was going to replace the former love of my life with a new internet mate, and I thought it would be instant, and uh, during that period of time, 15 years. Well, I, I wasn't on the entire time. I, one year later, I met a man who actually asked me to marry him. And not so uncommon, but he was already married, and I didn't know. Well, was he someone who, I guess, he did he live in your same city? 
No, this is this is the, what they do. These 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 guys. They live in another city. They sort of have a girl in every port. They promise you all these fabulous romantic future dreams: marriage, children, house, puppy dog, you name it. And you build up this false sense of illusion that you're really in a serious relationship with someone that you're having an online relationship with. And it's a big mistake that women make. Well, you presumably. I mean, no. <laughs> Which one, you have all these names for these different men. You've been on 250 cyber dates, is that correct? Over 250 online dates in a 15-year period, correct. And you've been very busy. I don't know how you've had the time to build up your career. Um, Although I guess it kind of goes hand in hand. You can at least make use of these dates if they don't work out love-wise. At least they're more fodder for being an expert and writing about it. Um, now, which one, what, what, what do you call him, the first marriage man? Well, the first guy who proposed to me, really, he was just sort of a blip, you know, and I, he, he in the book was the, the investment banker, and that was his title. He was the investment banker. He was from back east. I live in California. By the time he came out here to meet me and, you know, promised marriage and so forth, you know, he uh, made a mistake by you know, letting me know his home phone number, and I called, and actually a woman answered the phone that was his mother, and, you know, I said, this is girlfriend, Julie, I'm in California, and the woman said, girlfriend, my son is married. End of story. Oh, my goodness. So he gave you, now was the mother living with he and his wife? No, she was visiting. She just happened to answer the phone, and, you know, sometimes people get a little sloppy. So I was telling a friend the story, and I actually was laughing about it, and that was way back in 1995, again, when Internet dating was not popular. You weren't telling your friends that you were online because there was a little bit of a stigma, and it could be embarrassing. But that's when I came up with the title of the book, The Perils of Cyber Dating, because I thought it was it was funny, but I also wanted to educate other women on how to yes. spot the red flags. Yes. Well, so so how much of a um, before he asked you to marry him, how much of a um, an online relationship did you have? Well, a lot of it was online and on the phone. I would say uh-huh. I would talk to this man for hours every day and numerous emails, but literally hours every day. I don't know how he had time to work. He would call me. But when you're getting phone calls from someone over and over, you're not initiating the phone call. You're receiving the phone call. So you're not, you know, you don't realize that the phone number that they've given you goes to a voicemail box. You don't Mm. realize that their address, if you want to send a card, goes to a P.O. box. You don't know these things because you're not living in the same city. Hmm. So, but how long was it before he actually came to visit you? It was about two months. Uh huh. Well, that's not unreasonable. And so, um, so was did you have a relationship with him in person before you found out about his being married? I found out about his being married after his visit to me. And you know, stories 
weren't adding up. And I think a woman's intuition is so powerful. And when something, you know, doesn't smell right, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So when the right. stories weren't adding up and he had to change his plans last minute and the, and the reasons really weren't valid from where I stood, I knew something was wrong. So when I mm. found out that he was, he was married because he, you know, created some stories that didn't add up, um, that was the end of him, and he pulled down his profile immediately and resurfaced under a different screen name uh, completely to try and do this to another woman somewhere else. Oh, wow. Huh. So when you did see him, when he did come out to visit California, um, was that when he proposed? He had already proposed to me on the phone before coming out, which was just, again, don't, don't propose to somebody in an email. Don't propose to somebody on the phone. <laughs> These are not real-world situations. You need to be with somebody in a real-world situation. And I hadn't said yes. I hadn't said yes. But he told me he, he planned out our entire future. So our first meeting was almost like I, you know, something where you might be sort of closing your deal, where you think this is maybe the man you may be spending the rest of your life with. And naturally, I asked too many questions. He got uncomfortable. He went home. And that was the end of him. Huh. Well, I mean, but that's when afterwards, when you found out, did you speak to him after you had spoken to his mother and found no, out he was not. married? Or that I got, I got one last phone call screaming at me, how dare I call his home, you know, whatever. And... You know, I just I just saw you know that movie up in the air, the one with with George Clooney, and you think about the woman and George Clooney, how they have this relationship, and how he comes after her and rings her doorbell and is stunned because she has a husband and children. Hmm. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's but did he give you his home phone number? I, that's what you were saying before that he got sloppy. He he, he got actually sloppy. gave. He got sloppy. Hmm. He gave a phone number, which wasn't a normal, which wasn't his office number, which was the original number that I used to call. And you know, he got sloppy. I called the phone number. A woman answers the phone. An elderly woman. A woman. It was during the holidays, and that's when she told me, uh, you wow. know, her son was married. Wow! And it's amazing that he then still put up another profile to continue this, even though apparently, I mean, one would imagine that. Perhaps it got back to his wife at that point. You know, I'm sure there were excuses that were made that, you know, somebody like this, you know, they do resurface and they do it to other girls in other cities. And so yeah. there are red flags. And, that, and part of the writing this book wasn't really about this man. It may have been the catalyst to come up with the book title in 1995. But I wrote the book last summer in 2008. That's interesting. What, what, why did you? Um, how? Why did it take all these years? I think it took all these years because I really wasn't that interested in writing a book. Um, it was sort of just a conversation over lunch. I came up with the title. I liked it, and then life got busy. And then I actually did get married to a man that I met online, which was in chapter four of my book. And I was busy. I had a career. And life got in the way, and I wrote the book finally because my married friends were listening to my stories about online dating, and some of them were so funny and so hard to believe that they could be true that they were trying to convince me to write a book. And when I realized that I had come up with a book title, I decided to see if it was still available. And when it was, I decided that I needed to share my stories 
because now Internet dating is a huge, huge business. Yes. It's the third largest industry on the Internet. There's over Mm. 40 million singles that have visited online dating sites. It's a billion-dollar business. More and more people are going online, and I felt that they could relate to my stories. Yes, absolutely. That's it's really interesting. The time has come. Um, yes, and 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 of course, the idea of you're helping people to avoid some of the perils that you went through. Um, we're going to be uh, when we come back. We'll hear more about your experiences. Um, it is amazing. You know, it, it's kind of. Uh, well, I mean, I, I want to hear your opinion about this, but it's sort of sad in a way that we've come to, um, I, I don't know, it says something about our society that there are now fewer opportunities, or, or really what I think is not so much that there are fewer opportunities, but that people have gotten scared, so scared of intimacy, that um, online dating has has provided a kind of um, shield you know, a way of trying to test the waters with someone before actually seeing them in person, showing them that you like them, uh, flirting, you know, in real life. And um, and instead there's this, this sort of layer because it's not, so, it's not as bad to be rejected online as it is if you walk up to somebody in real life. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk more about that and we'll hear... Um, not only Julie's experiences, but her uh, her lessons, her tips on on some of the red flags and and the ways to present yourself um, to look <laughs> to 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 make your uh, profile the most intriguing. And um, when we come back, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and Julie Spira's book is called. The Perils of Cyber Dating, Confessions of a Hopeful Romantic Looking for Love Online. And obviously, Julie has, despite her funny and tragic and <laughs> everything in between experiences, she is still, um, she still uh, thinks that there is hope. And uh, of course there is. There's always hope. <laughs> so stay tuned and we'll be right back. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? 
Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're looking at mistletoe and match.com with the cyber dating expert, Julie Spira. And her book is called The Perils of Cyber Dating Confessions of a Hopeful Romantic Looking for Love Online. And I uh, thought this would be a great show for this time of year when we uh, tend to pick up our heads from uh, where they've been buried. Um, and realize it would be really nice to have a honey for the holidays. And, of course, what do people do? These days, more and more people go online because uh, because we're pressed for time, because, as I was starting to say before, there's some intimacy issues that uh, it's easier to get rejected online than face-to-face. Um, and Julie has written this book based upon her own experiences uh, to help people, to help, well, I guess especially, I mean, I, I guess especially women, um, to avoid the kinds of um, red flags and, and men who are trying to dupe women, false marriage proposals and all of that, um, and to help people to actually find real love online. So why don't we start with that? Julie has been quoted as saying, in real estate, the first week that your house is on the market it's, is important because if it's priced correctly, professionally staged, and marketed well, it generates a lot of leads. Hopefully, a qualified buyer will show, and that's actually what Judy, Julie helps people do. Um, one of the things that she helps people do is to make these irresistible profiles. So why don't you give us some tips? 
Oh, thank you. I'd be delighted to. You know, I took it took me 15 years to perfect the art of creating an irresistible online dating profile. And the rules change quite frequently, but the most important thing and is the photo. And I urge my clients when I create their irresistible profiles to go out and get professional photos taken. And it's important to have more than just one photo. And the photo needs to be you looking at your best because men are visual. And there's millions of girls to look through. And if they notice your profile, and please smile. And if you're smiling and it's just you and you're not with your girlfriends or your family or your dog or your children, just you with a nice smile, they may click on that profile and look at your additional photos. So it's important to have a great photo and to have perhaps three to four photos up in different situations, different outfits. What Again, kinds of situations? Get that great photo. What kinds of situations do you recommend? Well, I think you need a traditional headshot with a smile. And nothing is more inviting to a man than a woman that looks happy. And if you're not smiling... They might think, well, this girl is unhappy or she's bitter. Maybe she hasn't gotten over her ex. And when you have a smile, you look inviting. So the first should just be a headshot. And then after that, again, you need to have a full-length shot. Now, I don't want my girls dressing too sexy because men are going to think you're looking for a hookup. But dress something that's flattering, something with some color, and then if you have a favorite travel spot and there's a picture of you next to the Eiffel Tower or at Venice Beach or anything that shows a little bit of personality, add a photo like that. Uh-huh. And what, what other kinds of additional photos? Well, I don't think you should put too many photos up because just like I believe that, that profiles should be short and you should leave the novel at home, you should have something that piques somebody's curiosity so that they'd like to see more. The women that put up 10 to 12 photos don't get as many men writing to them. So just, just three or four, two or three, you at your best, you with a smile, and something you know that really just shows your personality so your personality shines. So not, not keeping an air of mystery, in other words, not telling the whole story. Exactly. Do something that will pique the curiosity of the man to want to see more photos, to want to meet you in real life, and to want to write to you. What about uh, something that shows sort of a hobby or interest of yours that a man may share? If you like golfing, men will love you. Don't pretend to be a golfer if you're not a golfer. <laughs> but if you happen to like golf and you're a woman and you're on a golf course and you're there with your club or you're, you're there at the driving range, that will draw a lot of attention for a man that enjoys golf because perhaps the previous relationship made, you know, was a golf widow that made them feel uncomfortable about not being home. Mm-hmm. You know, you made the point about not putting up a photo that shows you and your friend or you and your children. Or, I mean, yes, those photos are so on 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 Facebook, for example, or wherever one puts photos on the internet on on sites. Um, it is so annoying when you <laughs> see people. You know, it's it's as if they they're not. Um, and and I guess I'm talking more about Facebook or something like that. But it's it's like they don't see themselves as enough of a person or like they're not a separate person when they, if they have to put their girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife or dog or, you know, it, it, it's, it is kind of, it, it is a turn off. 
It, it is, and Facebook is, is a different world, and Facebook really is the place where you can put your family photos, your vacations, the group shots. Well, that's a yes, I, I guess I'm, talk, I'm talking about for the number one shot. You know, yes, you can put it up for the additional shots, but when people have as their main shot uh, them with other people, it just seems as though, I don't know, it's just, to me, it's, it's rather off-putting because they're not standing up for whoever it is that they are. Yeah, and, and I look at Facebook dating a little bit differently than I look at online dating because I look at online dating as if it is the business. Let's say you're looking for the perfect job and you need to have the perfect resume. Sometimes you go out and you'll hire resume writers. Sometimes resume writers could cost up to $1,000 for you to have the perfect resume to get your dream job. So I say, why are you not doing the same for your personal life? Yes, yes. Well, so what are some of the tips besides the photos? Um, besides when you the work photos, with the, the next most important thing is the catchy screen name. So it's important to find a catchy screen name. You know, don't use the screen name that's given to you with a whole bunch of numbers that looks like a social security number. Mm-hmm. Come up with something that describes your personality. One of my screen names is Paperback Writer because my book mm-hmm. came out in paperback. And as a result, I have several writers that contact me, and, you know, they immediately feel that there's a bond because we've both written books. Mm-hmm. And it gives, it gives an opportunity for someone to communicate with you other than, I like your profile, look at mine. It's about engaging in conversations. I had another profile that was Piano Baby because I like to play the piano. So people would write to me and say, well, what kind of music do you like? And that's how the conversation should start online. And then if you connect with someone, move it to offline as soon as possible. Don't drag out what? your online relationship. Okay, that's interesting. Why do you say that? Because just like I said earlier in the program, the more attached you are to communicating with someone by email or text or chat, the less opportunity that you have to meet them in real life. And if it drags on, perhaps they don't want to meet you in real life. And maybe they do have a second life or they're still in a relationship and they're testing the waters, or they have a harem of women. You want to meet a man who is ready for a relationship and after a few email exchanges, it graduates to a phone call and then if there's phone chemistry, it graduates to meeting in person for that first date wherever the two of you are comfortable. And what do you suggest for, uh, so in other words, that's, that's both a way to weed out the men who are there for the wrong reasons. Weed and out it's the also, serial daters, right. Yes, and it's also a way to, um, to have them not lose interest by exactly. telling too much online. You know, there are so many women online, and a man will write to 50 or 100 at a time or 5 to mm. 10 at a time, and they get a lot of responses, especially if they're successful and they're decent looking. So if you don't respond in a timely fashion, you know, you may get moved to the bottom of the list. Mm. So a lot of girls like to play games. Well, I'm not going to write until three days go by. Well, by that mm. time, he may have found his dream date. I disagree with mm. that. Hmm. Yes, but uh, there is there are those games. Okay, and what are some of the places that you recommend that people go for the first date? It depends on what makes you comfortable. I personally don't like going on coffee dates because I don't drink coffee, and by the time I would be willing to meet someone, I've already spoken to them on the phone. We've had several email exchanges, 
and if I felt comfortable enough on the phone, I typically like to meet somebody for a casual lunch. There are some people that won't do that. It's coffee or drinks only. So if both parties really like going on drink dates, go on a drink date, but make sure it's not scheduled too late in the evening. Because? Well, there was a man that wrote to me that had uh, I hadn't heard in three weeks, and I got an email that said, Hi, Julie, I'll be in your neighborhood tonight. Would you like to meet for drink at 9 p.m.? And I immediately deleted his phone number. Yeah, I had not he was met looking for ever, a hookup. And my first date's going to be 9 o'clock. So I felt like I was dessert, and I was wondering who was the appetizer and who was the main course. It's yes, just inappropriate. Yes. yes, absolutely. And it seems like it's a way to get you into bed as quickly as possible. Exactly. And so if you hear that, you know that this is not the kind of person that you'd want to meet. A decent man will meet you at a convenient time, you know, not after hours. Yes, and and also, I I guess, by seeing whether he's willing to go on a lunch date or even a dinner date, um, as opposed to just a coffee date, it measures the degree of his interest and the degree of um, how generous he is. It is. It's it both of those. You're exactly right. And I feel that if you're on a date with someone, and as a woman, if we're busy and the men are busy, and if you're taking the time to meet someone, again, it's like having a job interview. Are you going to go on a job interview and hope that it only lasts 20 minutes? Or are you going to go on a job interview and hope after 90 minutes you get the job? Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, we need to take a break. My guest is Julie Spira. She is the author of The Perils of Cyber Dating, Confessions of a Hopeful Romantic Looking for Love Online. Um, we're talking today about mistletoeandmatch.com, trying to uh, help you find that special honey for the holidays before they're over. <laughs> You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at SkillsUSA.org. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with 
easy-to-understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, here today with Julie Spira. She's the author of The Perils of Cyber Dating, Confessions of a Hopeful Romantic, Looking for Love Online, Helping You Find a Honey for the Holidays. Um, you know, Julie, I have to tell you, I have some patients who I have helped um, do write ads for themselves, um, actually starting when, when there used to be classified ads in, in newspapers, you know, like in the L.A. Times. And um, <laughs> I would, you know, there, there are always those euphemisms that you have to use, like um, a, a woman who was somewhat overweight, <laughs> I helped, I, now I don't know, you know, I, I'm not as much of an expert in these, coming up with these um, profiles as you are after all these years that you've been doing this, but, um, I, you know, of course I would suggest using words like Rubenesque rather than saying, you know, 20 pounds or 50 pounds overweight um, and, and a winning smile or, you know, obviously capitalizing not lying necessarily, but capitalizing on um, the people's best features. And that's a great thing to do. And the problem sometimes with Internet dating is people, the biggest complaint you're going to hear is that people don't look like their photos and their age is not accurate. And we can't force the women of the world to not lie about their age. We could try. We could ask. We could say, please be authentic. I think because Facebook shows real-life photos, there's more of a chance that people are starting to become more authentic. But I hear men complain all the time that women are 10 years older, 15 years older, and at least 15 to 25 pounds overweight. And once you get on that first date, they're going to see what you really look like. So you really shouldn't be having that sticker shock. You should really basically talk about your authenticity and your age. But in my top ten rules of netiquette, and I tried to keep them, you know, upbeat and sort of funny based upon my personal experiences because 
I really choose laughter to get through life rather than being curled up in a ball after a bad breakup. <laughs> and yes. so one of them, the rules I came up with was the cutoff rule. And I came up with a cutoff rule in my top ten rules of netiquette because a gentleman that I knew who was 53 said he was 40. Now, I wasn't dating him. I just knew him, and he was 40 on his profile, and he was 53 in real life. And I said to him, 13 years? What's wrong with you? Didn't you know there was a cutoff rule? And he says, cutoff rule? I said, yes. You can't take 5 to 10 years off your age, and you can't take 5 to 10 pounds off your weight on an online dating profile. And I made it up on the spot, and I realized that there was a certain you know, truth to what was being told. And 5 to 10 years turned out to be the magic number because when women would have a big birthday, let's say 40 or 50 or 60, they didn't want to tell the truth because they were afraid that they wouldn't fit into a search. So they would say 38 or 46 or, you know, something like that. Mm, mm. And, and it was happening all the time. So I would tell women, you need to put your correct age or you need to write in your profile that if you really just turn 51 or 50 and you say you're 49, no one's going to believe you're 49 anyway. But just to say in your profile, I'm really 51, or at least on the phone or on the first date, just say, by the way, I am a few years older than I originally said in my profile. I hope you don't mind. I just wanted to fit into a search. Yes, and so you're saying not to knock off more than 5 to 10 pounds or more than 5 to 10 years. Exactly, and I don't tell people to knock off anything. I'm just saying they will do it. So if you're going to mm-hmm. do it, don't make it 17 years. Don't make it 50 mm-hmm. pounds. So you gained 7 pounds over the holiday. <laughs> Maybe they won't notice if you wear a dark outfit. Maybe your smile will be so terrific they're not going to notice. And men are visual. And I only had one man, because there was a period in my life before I wrote the book that I, after a big birthday, said I was in the previous decade. And when, he found, when I told him right away on the first date, I said, by the way, I'm really not, whatever I said, 45. I'm really not 45. I'm a few years older. And I looked so much younger than my age that I didn't think he'd mind. And he looked at me and he said, Julie, I came here expecting to see a 45-year-old woman, and I'm leaving. <sighs> And I said, well, you have a problem with that. I'm sure you have a problem with a lot of other things because it really wasn't noticeable. And I did explain, you know, I wanted to fit into a search. I hope you don't mind. And he said he minded. And that was the end of the day. Well, you know what, though? And and since I just met you a couple of weeks ago or whatever it was, um, you certainly don't look like any of these ages. But you know what's interesting? I think... Um, that for men, it's not necessarily the actual number of weight or pounds, of weight or years. Um, it's they get scared when women don't tell the truth. They're, they're skittish, and and a lot of times with good reason, of women who they don't feel like they can trust her anymore. Yeah, and that's the thing is is when you lie about one thing, even if it is only your age. You set the wrong tone from the beginning of your relationship, and a man, when he finds out that you're lying about your age, may never call you back again. So are you really willing to risk that in the beginning of a relationship? Of course, you know, the other side to this is, though, that a lot of times men and women, more men, but um, sometimes women, too, have this, this 
imaginary cutoff point of age or weight in their mind, and they don't look beyond that to see that someone um, a few years older or a few pounds heavier might well be their soulmate, you know, might well have lots of other things that are a lot more important than these outward kinds of issues. Yes, and, and I wish women weren't so insecure and weren't lying about their age, but men do the same thing when it comes to height. If a man is not uh-huh. six feet tall and he's short, and let's say he's five, seven, five, six, or let's, you know, let's just say he's five, five, he will say he's five, seven. So men that are short will add a few inches to their height for the mm. very same reason. Mm-hmm. They're afraid the girls aren't going to write back to them because they're short. Mm-hmm. So what's your next um, tip? Okay, so that, we have the cut-up rule. Now we have some funny things. The food and beverage rule. This is a fun one, but I literally went to to lunch with a man. I, in the book, he was called Pizza Crust to Go. And Mr. Pizza Crust to Go, to go you know, after our meal was done, not only did he ask for his food in a to-go bag, but he asked for my <laughs> pizza crust, which was all that was left of my meal, to go in a to-go bag. <laughs> You should never suggest either sharing an appetizer on a first date with someone you don't know, or you shouldn't go to a coffee bar like Starbucks and then bring your own water, which also happened. You need to go and pay for a girl's tea or coffee. You need to, you know, take, don't take your food home in a to-go bag because they're just going to think you're cheap. And if you're not interested in going out with her again, I guess you can do it. But if on the first date, it just sends a really bad message. Yes, absolutely. Well, I guess a truthful, <laughs> a truthful message. But um, yes, yes. And, and you know what? What's sad though? Um, a lot of men will say that they do these kinds of things because they've been hurt before. They feel taken advantage of by women before. You know, maybe they've they went out with a woman or a women who. Um, just wanted them to buy them lots of dinners and and take them lots of nice places and really weren't in love with them or didn't have any plan to continue the relationship. So they they build up this defense and they think, well, I'm not going to, you know, be um, a schmuck (laughs) and do this and and buy all these things for the next woman. You know, I'm going to show her that uh, we'll see, or, or it's a test. Um, we'll see if this woman will go out with me, even if I only buy her coffee. Yeah. What do you think of those kinds of guys? Not for me. Not for me. Yes. I think being generous has nothing to do with how much money you spend. It has to do with being chivalrous. It has to do with being a gentleman, opening the car door, um, you know, pulling out the seat, paying for the valet parking. Now, I get criticized all the time on the valet parking rule by men. But they're right, the men that really don't care about asking the girl on the second date. And when you go on a date with someone and a man picks up your valet parking ticket at the end of the date, it's usually less expensive than the cost of the next drink. And it just leaves such a good impression on the woman. And if you're interested in asking her out for a second date and you've picked up her valet parking, that's the last thing she's going to remember from you. And if you're interested in asking her out again, and you don't pay for her valet parking, and it may only be $5, she's going to think, you didn't pay for the valet parking, you're cheap, you're not a gentleman. She might not accept that date. 
Yes, absolutely. Because there's that awkward moment when you go out to the valet parking and either um, he picks it up or he doesn't. And if you're standing there uh, as a woman having to dig into your purse, you know, for the valet parking, it, it does give you an impression. Well, you know, um, I guess that uh, I guess he isn't. His, his mother didn't teach him right, or um, or he just. He doesn't know, he isn't a gentleman, he doesn't know what he's supposed to do, or he doesn't, or he does know, but he's just not interested, or he's trying to get away with it. Um, It is sad that our past dating experiences uh, do sort of make us women too uh, defensive and and not put our best faces forward um, on on the subsequent dates, and that's something people have to have to watch out for, whether it's online or otherwise. Well, I hear the music, we need to take a break. Um, my guest today is Julie Spira. She is an expert in online dating, the cyber dating expert. We will be back. Uh, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america son we gotta talk about drinking i know I don't want you touching alcohol till you're old enough. Yeah, I, I know, Dad. It's not a big deal. Don't yeah, I know me, okay? And it is a big deal. Underage drinking is just stupid. Yeah, well, why'd you do it? Look, I did it because we didn't know what we know now. Alcohol affects kids differently, okay? When kids drink, it's more dangerous. And you're my kid. And just because they drink doesn't mean you have to. I, I know. I know. Look, son, I'm trying to help. I've seen what it does. I mean, you may think you can handle it, but when you drink, it screws up your judgment. Listen to me. 
This is real. I, I know, okay? I know. Teenagers know everything. So talk about underage drinking before they know it all. Before they're teens. Start talking before they start drinking. And keep talking. To learn more about the dangers of underage drinking and what to say to your kids, go to StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you today about mistletoeandmatch.com with the cyber dating expert and author of The Perils of Cyber Dating, Confessions of a Hopeful Romantic Looking for Love Online, and she's Julie Spira. Um, now that we've whet your appetite about some of her uh, experiences, m- many more of which are detailed in her book, um, let's talk about the nitty-gritty of what people can do now. It's crunch time. The holidays are here. Uh, for those celebrating Hanukkah and Christmas and New Year's are, is a, are around the corner. So um, what, what do you recommend? Well, I think the most important thing to do is get organized because if you really are looking for a date now and you're going to put a profile up, you need to be a little bit more proactive. Normally I tell women, you know, let the man find you. But if it's the holidays and you have a party and you're looking for a date, the first thing you should do is get organized create an Excel spreadsheet or a notebook that basically will outline the people that you're writing to and the people that are writing back to you because it can be overwhelming if you get 50 to 100 emails a day and you need to know who, as you narrow down that search from the 50 to 100 down to five people, are the five that you would like to possibly meet for the holidays. So after you get organized, don't wait, initiate. You know, women are told all the time, let the man do the pursuing. Well, not at the holidays. The holidays are here. So you're limiting your possibilities. And believe it or not, men won't find you needy. They'll be flattered. So so write to someone that seeks curiosity, read their profile, and use some interesting key lines about something that they wrote about to flatter them. The male ego likes to be flattered. And then find the time. Don't spend all your time on the computer. Make sure you turn, you know, these computer communications into an actual online date. And you need to start meeting men now. So I talk about the magic of three. And usually that's spending three hours a week minimum online. Sign up for three online dating sites and write to three men every day and go on three dates a day. Now, three days overwhelming day. wow. and impossible, it's really not. You can start with coffee in the morning, schedule a casual lunch, and in the afternoon, meet someone for coffee or drinks, and then don't be surprised if one of these outings turns into a dinner date. Okay. What's next? Cast a wide net, okay? Don't toss away the, Kate with the date without chemistry. So if you go on a date with someone and he's nice and pleasant and you don't feel bells and whistles, don't scream next so fast. You need to look at each date as a possible new friend who may invite you to a holiday party. You get that holiday party invitation, you might meet someone else. 
So I think you really need to expand your social and business network while you're online dating and be open to all of the possibilities because you need to accept every invitation that comes your way. Once yes, you get that date, try and wear something other than that little black dress. It's the holidays. Wear something red or blue or gold, something that will make you stand out in the crowd. Yes. Those are some, and of course, just, you know, just dating tips for safety. Just trust your intuition. If stories aren't adding up online or on the phone, chances are they're not going to add up offline. And take a pass. Don't take a date just to take a date. There's always another email waiting to arrive. And fill up your calendar and meet people and be open to the possibilities of accepting any invitation that you can. Well, do you think that um, sometimes people get sort of carried away with the fact that there is always another email waiting for you online? Like, do you think sometimes people, men and or women, become too picky because they think on to the next one that people are so disposable? It's a, it is a problem. It's a problem. It's not a problem for someone whose profile says, I'm looking for marriage or marriage and children but it is a problem for someone that's a casual dater. And what happens is they may say they're looking for a commitment, and they may say that they don't like dating whatsoever, but then you'll see that they're online all the time. Mm. And many mm. online dating sites, you, you can see when they last logged in if they're online now. And if that doesn't add up, then chances are they are the kinds of men, and women too, by the way, who think that tomorrow's date may be a half inch better than today's date, so why should I make a commitment? Yes, yes. Well, tell us about um, what you do besides having written this great book that um, your website has all kinds of wonderful reviews about. Um, what, what else, how else do you help people with this? Well, I, I, as a cyber dating expert, expert, have clients that I personally coach for online dating, and it starts with helping create their irresistible online dating profile, and sometimes we're just too close and personal to ourselves that we can't take a step backwards and write about ourselves in the best possible way. So I will help singles create the irresistible online dating profile, create the catchy screen name, select the photos, and then I provide on one-on-one coaching for singles before, during, and after their dates where I can help them select the dates that I won't write their, uh, I won't write their emails because you have to have authenticity in writing your own emails. But if they're not sure who to write back to, I might be able to read that list, that overwhelming list down to a shorter, more accurate list that might reflect someone that is looking for what they are. Yes, um, because... Because you know sort of the buzzwords and the and the attitude and and uh, the the red flags exactly and and there's so many singles online that you can get turned off because you get too many emails or you don't like the way anyone looks and you say this doesn't work and you pull down your profile prematurely and what you need to realize is now the time between Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day is the most popular time for brand-new people to try online dating for the very first time. So just because last week wasn't a good week doesn't mean that the next day somebody that might be very compatible with you might be joining an online dating site. Do you... um... I mean, there have been stories. Uh, there, there are all of these. Uh, there are horror stories, but there are also lots of um, marriages made online. 
a lot of marriages. And I have on my site the Cyber Love Story of the Week or the Cyber Wedding Album where I feature success couples. So if you have met your honey online or you have a friend that has, please do send them to cyberdatingexpert.com because I might be able to feature you or your friends or family members as the Cyber Love Story of the Week. And also, again, let me tell the the website is cyberdatingexpert.com, C-Y-B-E-R, datingexpert.com. Um, you'll find, of course, you can get Julie's book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and her website um, and bookstores. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a lot of material to read on the site. You could say it's a, a feast, <laughs> a feast for... Um, for lovers, and uh, if you if you've thought about online dating, or you you tried it and you didn't have a great um, a response, or you didn't have a great experience, um, you know, first of all, I would suggest buying her book so that you can feel that you're not alone. And second of all, um, look at all the tips. There are more tips on her website, and then um, you might indeed decide to go in this time with a coach instead of just trying to do it on your own and have Julie help you with your with your profile and uh, help you weed out the snakes. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Julie. This has been great. I, I know we've just kind of um, touched on the surface. There's so much more, but at least this is wet people's appetite. And I hope a lot of you who have been listening um, and thinking about this but have been afraid to step into the cyber dating pool will reconsider, especially since this is um, the time of year, as Julie was saying, that a lot of people start thinking about how they're missing out on love and that maybe this is the way to go. So, um, again, that's cyberdatingexpert.com. The book um, is, uh, is called The Perils of Cyber Dating, Confessions of a Hopeful Romantic Looking for Love Online. And as I said earlier in the show, there is always hope. You, you cannot give up on love, whether it's online or face-to-face, or you have to keep uh, going out there and looking for it, or else you wither and die. <laughs> so, Julie, thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.